Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol CFLO, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the BetaShares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to RASC's Australian Business Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who dare to leave the world in a better place and get paid while we do it. This podcast will make you a better business owner, investor, founder, or entrepreneur. If you want to start a business or already have one, please subscribe to the series or share it with your friends, business partner, or colleagues. And don't forget to consider taking our free business course, which includes heaps of templates for creating business plans, HR documents, employee files, all of my software recommendations, and more. The course is completely free and available via the link in your podcast player. Okay, let's get into the episode. Jordan, Daniel, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Today we're talking about basically the true cost of employing someone, which is something that you guys would see a lot. I definitely have felt this and seen other businesses feel this of, oh yeah, it's just 80K a year. You know, that's all I need to do. And then there's all the other stuff that comes with employing someone. So we're going to break down all of the costs that come with hiring someone. We might even just spend a little bit of time just talking about like the different types of um, people that you can bring into your business, contractors versus, you know, or freelancers versus whatever. And then we're going to give an example. Daniel's crunched all the numbers. So down to six decimal places. So just for those of you out there that love decimal places, we're going to talk about that. We'll be held to account on that by the way. Damn it, computer. <laughs> okay, so do one of you guys, maybe Jordan, just start with you real quick. Can you just explain the different types of employment? Like so contractor versus PAYG, what we mean by that? Yeah, cool. So I guess a contractor, they'll come on sporadically most times, especially when you're early on. You can use them. There's not a big commitment. There's not a big out-of-pocket expense. Yes, you may be paying more per person, but again, it's really good to start with trial and error, getting the feel of having someone there as opposed to having someone on wages where it's the set amount every week. Um, there's, you know, your super, pair, YG and, and, and whatnot. So that adds up quite quickly. And again, it's every week. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm slow. I'm slow this week. I won't call the subcontractor or the freelancer. That doesn't matter when you're signing someone on wages. The same expense is coming out every week. That's probably the scary bit is like it's a commitment, right? It's people's yeah. lives as well. You know, if they tether themselves to you and the business, you got to support them. That's probably the bit that I struggle with the most is that thing. If I'm not mistaken, if someone's employed as a contractor for a certain amount of work, they do, they are entitled to super as well still, right? Yeah, that's right. So if a subcontractor is a sole trader in nature and can be deemed an employee, so everything that they're doing, whether they're charging by the hour, the hours are consistent, they're doing it for, you know, long periods of time, call it three, six nine months, they are in nature an employee. There's no, especially in the eyes of super and workers' comp, they are deemed employees. So regardless of whatever contract you have with them, whether it's a sub, you know, contractor's agreement, 
they will be deemed employees for the purpose of super and workers' comp. And they do crack down on that. Yeah, I've heard, and I've heard in recent years, it's got even more stringent, particularly with tradies who thought that they could just have sub, subbies just like left, right and centre, and then they realised, oh, boy. Yeah, because the ATO's reporting is getting much more stringent as well. Yeah, well, with the tradies, they have to lodge a taxable payments annual report every year. In summary, that's a contractor's report. Yeah. You give the ATO a list of all your contractors that you paid throughout that year and how much you paid them, including whether you paid GST on them. So there is actually a register going in every single year that you're reporting to the ATO. And the ATO are cross-checking those numbers with your subcontractor. So for example, if your subcontractor is reporting $100,000 of turnover, but your report has said you've paid them $150,000, the ATO is going straight for an order towards the subcontractor because their records are not aligning with the records that the ATO is receiving. So that's why it's really important to get these contractor reports really accurate as well because it doesn't just affect you. It affects your subbies as well. Yeah, right. Well, it's because it's kind of been like a bit that's been exploited for a really long time, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, it's still being exploited a little bit, in my opinion, because I still think there's a lot of tradie businesses that don't understand that and don't want to conform to that. But there are a lot of people changing now, which is good. People are starting to finally listen to that. Yeah, it's becoming much easier to do as well, on like especially on zero. Like it's really easy to lodge your taxable payments reports to record all the information you need. So nothing's missed and everything's accurate. Whereas, you know, go back maybe four or five years, it was ad hoc, free for all. It was a mess. But it's getting much more streamlined. So the tax office has a better, I guess, view of what's going on in, in industry. You know, when you go into zero and you click like add employee or whatever, is there like an option for contractors or is it within that when you click that? It's not as in-depth as the employer own because you don't need as many details. There is actually a report called the Taxable Payments Annual Report within the report section of Zero, And all you need is the ABN name. So whether it's a sole trader or a company, the name of the entity, the ABN, mm-hmm. and just the state and the postcode. And it will process that. It's not a problem. All right. Okay. Can you, uh, one more technical question then before we get into the good stuff. Do you... Can you pay super from there as well if they're a contract? I'm pretty sure you need to do it manually. Yeah, so like super through payment. Like you go through like your clearinghouse or whatever. Yeah, so the zero clearinghouse, you can't do the the. the you can contract. only do employees through yeah. zero. Then you have to use like your login to Host Plus or Australian Super or whatever you yeah, use. Yeah, whatever the clearinghouse or is. Or the ATO clearinghouse as well. You've They've gotten the ATO have their own clearinghouse option. I didn't know that. Option. Yes. That's what we we use for that type of stuff. Correct. For your contractors. If it's anything outside of zero, just because it's easy because we have access to it through our tax agent portal. It's just cleaner, easier, yeah, right. and we can generate just do a payment it. slip, yeah. send it to the client, and all the client does is make one payment. Oh, right. Okay. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, we're going to talk to you, uh, some of the ideas around, uh, like, the, I guess, the different types of things that go with having an employee. So, you mentioned workers' comp, insurances, superannuation, et cetera. Maybe just to frame this really quick, can one of you guys explain how the tax is paid if you have an employee and you pay their tax like PAYG. Can yeah, I'd love to jump in here. Yeah, sure. Make yeah. sure you get it to nine decimal places. Six, six. We agreed on We've six got decimal it, places. Oh, and I have it written down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty simple. A lot of, we get a lot of questions is, you know, if I want to pay someone $1,000 in their pocket, what does it cost me? Yeah. It's a very, very common question that we get all the time. Again, not an easy answer always because taxes change, super rates change. It's, it's an ever-moving market. So we always gross the pay. So whatever the gross amount is, we work backwards from there. So let's say someone comes to us, I want to pay someone 
$80,000 a year. No problem. Let's work out what the actual cost of the business is. So the employee themselves on $80,000 a year, basic calc, claiming the tax-free threshold, they're going to pocket $1,190.46 every single week. Okay? So that's what the trading account will fill. On top of that, that week, there's also $348 of tax that you've got to put aside to get ready to pay in your bass. So you could chuck that in that other account? Correct. Yep. And then there's 161 and 54 cents of superannuation on that week as well, which is at that current 10.5%. And you probably, if you were managing your cash flow, you probably chuck it in there as well? Yeah. We definitely recommend that, yes. Because now that I annualize it, what your account feels on a year-to-year, if you were just paying the net amount, is 61933 right? Your super component for the year is 8400 And then your tax component for the year is 18067 which is a lot of money if you haven't been putting it aside and spending it. So imagine the ATO is coming knocking on your door for, you know, call that $26,000. Mm. It's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. So on a quarterly basis, before you even start your BAS, before there's a GST component, you owe the ATO 6624 every single quarter, which is your- 6624 Yeah, right. And that's just your withholding tax and your super and the employee that you've paid over that quarter. We haven't even considered GST. And that's where, you know, if, if you do miss one bus, two bus or three three buses, it gets out of hand very quickly. Like Daniel said, there's still a GST component. You know, if you're running a, a profitable business, look, obviously there's, there's more variables than just that. But again, it's it becomes very difficult to get out of that hole. If you're like, oh, no, don't want to deal with it, don't want to deal with it. It's, you just got to shift that mindset because you can't, you can't not do it for six months and then go see your accountant and you're going, to be, you're going to be screwed in terms of cash flow if you're not putting it aside. Add to that, there's also workers' comp to pay as well. I was going well. to say, that's going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah, there's also workers' comp to pay that you pay once a year. You do a sort of actual wage declaration through the iCare if you're in New South Wales. And So just to confirm, this varies by state, but correct. you estimate your few, like your yearly pay to all of the employees and all the contractors. Correct. Then they'll give you a premium, which you'll pay. Like a, just like an insu- like a car insurance kind of Correct. thing. Correct. And you pay annually, is that right? It's an annual premium and then you work out with iCare, you know, whether monthly, quarterly or annually. You get a discount of 5% in New South Wales if you pay upfront annually. And even, even on the workers' comp, like people are like, oh yeah, it's just an insurance cost. But because it's a percentage of your wages, like and if you're a tradesman, it's upwards of 6%. Because it's high risk. Exactly. So, like, it's a big cost. Like, even you know, whatever six percent on that. I've done a quick calc on five percent. That's four thousand four hundred and twenty on one employee for the year. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a big cost. It's a lot of scratch. It adds up. Yeah, it adds up. So, if you're budgeting to hire someone and only pay them their, you know, eleven hundred dollars a week, you've got a big shock coming come yeah. tax time or come insurance premium renewals. Mm. You let that go for. Even, like Jordan said, two buses. That's a lot of money to find. Yeah. And I guess to sort of tie that to an industry as well, like, you know, if you are a tradesman, yeah, you've got the cost of your wage, but there's gear. Do you need to buy another ute? Do you need to fit that ute out? Do you need to put toolboxes on it? You know, if you're a a plumber, as an example, do you need to buy some specialty tools, a camera, a a jetter? Like these things can get so expensive so quick. If you're a, you know, an agency and you want to record videos and whatnot, 
Yeah, like yeah. exactly with the, the three cameras. <laughs> yeah. Like all of that stuff's expensive. The laptop, it's not just, you know, buying the bare minimum laptop anymore. You've got to make sure you can do all the video editing. This is the software cost. So it's really important to understand that it's not just that 1100 bucks a week. There's so many other costs that come up. Yeah. And, and you've got to know the timings of those costs. Absolutely. It's probably another thing that people get really wrong. Absolutely. Even recruitment costs. If you know, if you can't find good staff, you're going to go to a recruiter. The recruiters are expensive. Give yeah. us a sense of that. I've never used one. Like 15% of the wage. Oh, wow. For yeah. the first year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Up front as well, before the employee starts. Yeah. So even like that, like if you can avoid that, great. But given what's been going on in the, in the market, it's very hard to get staff. And, you know, some, some people, that's, you know, your last resort. If you've, got, if you've got heaps of work on, you know, what's the opportunity cost there? Bloody earth. I've, I'm just thinking how fortunate I am to never have to have used a recruiter. Like, kudos to them for doing their job really well and headhunters and all that. But yeah, I'm just fortunate that I haven't yeah. had to deal with yeah, that. Yeah, we heard well, that we got the, uh, we, we reached out and, you know, got some quotes and whatnot. And it's just like, what? Yeah. That's how much it costs. It's really difficult for a small business to be able to sort of afford it because if you think about it, what percentage were we quoted the first time? I think it was like 16%, 17% of the wage. Wow. So 16% on this $80,000 example is 12800 plus GST. That's a lot of money to fork out for an employee before they even start. You don't even know how good they are yet, yeah. but you're paying $12,000, $13,000 to a recruiter just to get them into the door. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so expensive. <laughs> I, I feel like surely there'd be like some type of protection, like if they don't make it past probation. Yeah, it's callbacks and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So there are sort of terms and terms and conditions there. Like Jordan said, clawbacks is things in that. You'd help. hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so getting like, no, actually, yeah, one back in. No, no, thanks. <laughs> Pay up again. I'll get you another one. <laughs> yeah. 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 You made an example before of, which is an industry, like it's a profession that I'm not really familiar with, even though I spent a lot of time running my house and did all this sort of stuff as a joiner, which is, can you explain what a joiner is first? Yeah. And then the, the stuff that would go for that job. And yeah. how that can kind of impact cash flow as well. Yeah, so hopefully I'll do it justice as well. So, so joiners are cabinet makers, more or less. They do the okay. interior fit-outs, kitchens, bathrooms, laundries. So the actual interior of a house. They're, I'm pretty sure it's technically a carpentry yeah, it sounds like trade, it. but they yeah, but they focus on cabinet making and all the interiors of of a home. And I think I had a really good example that, you know, if a joinery business starts, a lot of the cutting is done manually by hand, by saws. Because getting a, a big piece of equipment like a CNC machine, very, very expensive. You're talking CNC up. machine, quick rundown. What's the specifics? <laughs> Give us all the makes and models. Dimensions, the weight, size. <laughs> I am an accountant, guys. <laughs> but more or less, it does all the cutting for you. You put the boards into a machine, spit the dimensions into a computer, and that machine will then cut the boards. It even loads itself. It even loads itself. Yes, yeah. we did. You put we, the boards. We were showing a demonstration of it. <laughs> yeah, right. okay. yeah. Yeah. Like it even self-loading. You just put the boards in there, put the drawings in and but Bob's your uncle. But that's up upwards of $150,000 yeah. for yeah. a machine like that. Plus softwares that come with it. Plus the training to use the softwares to load. Yeah, that's another specs. good point. The training for these employers. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not, it, it's completely different to, you know, what you're learning at TAFE as a tradesman, like it's a computer program. Yeah. You need to be able to, you know, do your drawings and, and whatnot. So people think, oh, geez, that's so expensive, 150000 or 200000 And it, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of money. But like that's going to save you two, maybe two sets of wages. Yeah. 
Well, as soon as, so our client, as soon as they got that machine, their efficiencies went through the roof. They started turning over about 20% more within the first three months of having it without having to put on any new people. Yeah. And there's a reduction in the, in the wage cost that's as well. That's exactly right. So, you know, over a 10-year period, you're thinking, geez, that's a lot of money, $200,000. But given that you're going to save, you know, on two sets of maybe, who knows? Even three sets of wages potentially. Yeah. It's a no-brainer over a 10-year period. Yeah, the output. And I think, you know, we've spoken about this on previous episodes, the process. You can actually write a process. You can have an employee that doesn't need to know how to cut, edge, put it all together, get it ready for, you know, install. You can have an employee that just puts things together, employee that just does install. You can process it out and create an assembly line because you've got, you've actually got a system, not you've got to rely on a great cabinet maker to hire a great cabinet maker to come in and make sure the specs are right, cut it all. Don't mess up the material, make sure the cutting's right, using the right, you know, edging the right sides of, of the board. It, it takes skill. Yeah. Henry Ford would be proud. That's right. So, yeah. So there's a lot that comes with employing someone. So we've got the, just to recap, we've got like the withholding tax as an employer. You have to withhold that for your employees, which you remit to the ATO via BAS. It's super, which can be paid monthly or quarterly, right? You can yeah. pay it whenever you want. Yeah. yeah. So Do you guys ATO, have a preference? The ATO require it on a quarterly basis. But I think, for example, on a CBUS, they like it monthly. Okay. Um, for us, it really depends on the client. If the client's able to sort of extract the records and know what they're paying themselves, monthly is great for a cash flow point of view. Mm-hmm. But if they need sort of an accountant's assistance, we do it quarterly with your boss. Yeah, and and if if clients are doing their own payroll, some some of my clients are just you know processing it through zero. So zero, we're still waiting for sponsorship, but we'll continue <laughs> to shout you out for free. <laughs> but yeah, like zero's made it really easy where you can go in there, process your payroll. And using their clearinghouse, it's a click of a button, you get the text authenticated uh, to yeah, authenticate. And it, it's so simple. There's no, you know, back in the old days, it was transferring it to five different accounts. Like what a nightmare that would have been. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so streamlined now. It's so easy to do. So, so there's no excuses not to pay your super, guys. Yeah. And if you don't pay your super, you're not a nice person <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a business owner because it happens. And yeah, if that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. We, we totally get it. Like you see, like it's hard obviously we empathize with everyone it's so hard to run a business and be on top of these things but dead the things you can't really afford to get wrong with pays right yeah that's, that's like because the end it, of the day exactly it's someone else's money like yeah. even the super like yeah. that's someone else's money if you're if you're not paying super if you're paying super that's three months late that's three months worth of returns that you've cost someone yeah. as well as just the cash that yeah. that, that needs to get deposited into that account because that all that money is earning a return as, as it's so, in the fund you know a funny story so when i did it through zero it takes a couple of days for it to extract from your account. Yep. And there was a massive subscription payment that came through and I didn't realize and the payment bounced and it went like went on for a couple of months and I didn't realize that it wasn't paid because normally I get a ping from my Australian super yeah. and all that. And I was like, holy shit, like we didn't pay the super. And so then basically what I did is I just paid everyone extra super, like what the, <laughs> what the stock market had returned in that period. I just went and added that to everyone's super and then it was just like boom, 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 uh, just so they, got more, they, they weren't missing out. But yeah. I just literally didn't know. I didn't see it. It, but that happens. Um, yeah. Like honest mistakes happen all the time. But now yeah. there's a super guarantee charge form that you're supposed to fill out if you are late, which oh, right. you manually calculate what the return should have been. And the ATO yeah. give you all the calculations. You submit yeah. the form with the tax office. Oh, right. And that's where sort of your extra contribution comes in. Yeah. So next sense. time, don't just make it up. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely go above and beyond. 
Yeah, I think we've always paid, as far as I know, we've always paid above the minimum as well. Yeah. I think that's just really good. But yeah, it. I remember it was back with 9.5%. Like, why wouldn't it just be 10? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make it so, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, big business, I guess, is uh, struggling to make the change. But okay. So then we've got, you've got to remember the training, equipment, that sort of stuff. If you're going to rent equipment, do whatever you've got to do. Those things for like uh, plumbers, which you mentioned, that connect, they look like a big set of pliers, but they're like hydraulic. Yeah. Yeah. And they're yeah. like crimp. The things. crimpers. Yeah. And they're so expensive. I didn't it, yeah. That. Even on that plumbing example, like you're paying someone 80,000. I, I know I've said it before, but you need a ute you know, call it 40 grand. You need to put toolboxes in it, another, you know, 15 grand. You need to fit it out with tools. If you're going to put a jetter on it, that's another 15 grand. All of a sudden you're, oh yeah, it'll cost me $1,100 a week. Well, it's actually another, you know, 80 grand. Yeah. Whether you're going to, you're going to pay for it outright. You're going to finance it. How are you going to do it? Like there's, there's so many other ways. And if you don't do that, there's another opportunity cost. Oh, I'll just put him in my ute. Well, are you missing out on on him working and going out and doing maybe some maintenance work, yeah. which is which is common. If you if you don't if you don't put them in their own ute, there is an opportunity cost there. You know, obviously, assuming the work's coming in, the leads are coming in, but it's just important to stay on top of that stuff. Then you have recruiter cost or however you do that, even just to put an ad on seeks, a few hundred bucks, a few hundred, eight, I think it's like eight hundred dollars. Is it now? Yeah, eight nine hundred bucks we paid last time. Eight or nine hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, it's been years since I put a job out on Seek. It was like four hundred bucks. When we did it the first time, I was like, "Man, he called me." It's like seven hundred, seven or eight hundred dollars for an ad. And I was like, "What? Was like, what are you doing? Like, is it like, like a premium ad or is that just like a normal ad?" Uh, Seek, we're also waiting for sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we'll happily re-record this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But that's true. Like, there's all those little frictional costs that people tend to forget. I would just send some advice around this. I'd try and use your existing network if you know someone. Like, if you're going to pay a recruiter and you know someone's good, if you're a plumber and you know there's a good plumber out there, go and approach them, see if they want a job, like, and pay them a bit more, make them like an offer. You can reduce your risk by kind of like try before you buy. This is not applicable in every situation, but maybe they can be a freelancer at first or a contractor or even just get to know them in a non like professional capacity first. Then also in your employment agreements, you can have trial periods. Uh, so make sure those are baked in there. If you're, if you're in any way worried about the people that you're bringing on, you can also do casual employment. There's many different ways to go about it. Yeah. But it becomes a negotiation basically if, they, if they're talented people. Yeah, that's right. And you know you do want talented people because, again, there's always an opportunity cost. And what's the saying? Higher, higher fast. There's a saying. I'd say, it'll, it'll, I'd say few people, not a lot of people. Like few good people, not a lot of people. Is yeah. Because you've got to remember that these people are the face of your brand and your business now as well. It's not just you. It's, these people represent you. They've got to be part of your values, your purpose. They've got to understand your clients. It's really hard to find, you know, it's, it's really important, sorry, to find someone that fits your business. And especially now with, you know, the unemployment rate being like the lowest that's been yeah. maybe in, even forever. It's really hard to find good people. So you are going to have to pay a bit more to get that better person. But, you know, you'll reap the dividends in the long run. Yeah. I think the stress that comes with having people that aren't good is so high. Yeah. Like unbelievable. It's true. Like one person in the team can be, can account for, at least in my experience, one person that's not performing will account for everyone else's stress, hands down. Like it's unbelievable. It's like orders of magnitude. Yeah, and we're we're lucky because we've had good. All of our staff are good. Yeah, we shout out to the Grace Space Advisory team. 
We love you all. <laughs> Speaking of Great Space Advisory, if you want to get in touch with these guys, you can uh, follow the link in your podcast player. Uh, you will find a link that goes to a landing page and you can get in contact with the team for a business health check. You can also send us a question by using the link in your podcast player if you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're getting this. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there. We would love to uh, have more subscribers and share this with your friends, business owners, even your managers in your business. And you can also find all the, I guess, show notes and everything you need if we refer to resources on the RASC websites. So this is a good discussion because the true cost of hiring someone on $80,000 is a lot more than $80,000. Oh, yeah. And you can use online calculators and things like this, or your accountant will be able to help you out with this. So get in contact with them and say, I'm thinking of hiring this person for this much. What is the real cost? Let me know. When do I have to pay these things? Well, guys, that was heaps of fun. So Jordan, Daniel, thanks for joining me. Thank Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, lawyer, investor, or entrepreneur, I want to hear from you. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with this podcast series, so I'm looking for sponsors as well as potential co-hosts, and of course, I'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people. If you're looking for a supporter or advisor, a silent partner, or even an investor to support your growth, I can help. Please contact me via the RASC website. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.